of the outdoors, love nature. I'm a vegan, of course. Slowly working towards full vegan vegan. Hi, this is Joni Marie Newman, and I will be your driver for this evening. So hop on in, buckle up, and get ready for a crazy ride. You're listening to Vegan Road Rants. So here we are in mid-December, and this is episode two of Vegan Road Rants. I'm super excited to bring you episode two because that means there was an episode one. And that means I actually freaking did it. I finally made my podcast. So I'm super stoked to bring you episode two. Episode two does have some segments in it that are just a little angsty. Um, I like to think of myself as a positive person and I would say like nine times out of 10, I've got a smile on my face and I try to keep a positive attitude. I try to approach all things with love and compassion. But every once in a while, something really pisses me off and I have a loud voice and I like to use it to speak my mind. Um, So, you know, there's a couple of of angsty segments here. I tried to also balance that out with a few lighthearted segments and an interview that I did with my sister. So stay tuned for that. And with that, please enjoy episode two of Vegan Road Rants. So I'm trying to think of ways 
to not look like a, you know, know-it-all stupid bitch, basically, to try to get healthy foods into my neighborhood um, without seeming elitist, without seeming like I'm telling people they're doing the wrong thing. What triggered this with me today was a sign I saw in a window at a 7-Eleven. It was a sign for Rockstar drinks. And it said, uh, Rockstar, all Rockstar products are EBT approved. If you don't know what EBT is, um, I'm not exactly sure what it stands for, but I know it's basically like uh, a food stamp program on a debit card. So it's, you know, you're allotted a certain amount of dollars to spend on approved products for your family. If you're falling on hard times, then you qualify. Now, I work at a grocery store, and we accept the EBT cards on a regular basis, but there's a lot of rules involved with it. For instance, you cannot buy a hot sandwich or a hot piece of pizza or a hot meal, anything hot, from Whole Foods and get it on your EBT card. But I see signs at Jack in the Box that say that you can get your food at Jack in the Box and it's EBT approved. So I'm confused. Why can you get hot food at Jack in the Box and it's EBT approved, but at Whole Foods, it's not. So there are some weird rules about it. I'm not, I really don't understand how it works. And I, and, and I don't necessarily have an opinion on whether or not people should be able to buy certain things with their EBT card. So I just am I'm confused by it a bit confused why it's okay to buy jack-in-the-box and not whole foods with your EBT card. One is obviously healthier than the other. Um, I'm getting a little bit off topic here, but I think I think that we get a bad rap as vegans for being a, an expensive way of eating, um, for being an elitist way of eating, for being un- um, unsympathetic to people that live in food deserts, for people that live in places where it's difficult to get fresh produce, for being unsympathetic to people who don't have access to Gardein products or can't afford them or don't know what they are. And I think it's important for us to make this way of eating much more accessible. Um, I don't want to sound like a commercial or anything, but Hampton Creek Foods is doing a a great thing by putting their mayonnaise in places like the dollar store so you can get a jar of vegan mayonnaise for a dollar. That's pretty freaking amazing. So I'm definitely supporting them because of that. Not that I don't support all vegan companies. I try to as much as I can um, spread, my, spread my consumer dollar amongst all of the different vegan companies. But I think that it's an, an important important statement that they're making when they put just mail on the shelves of Walmart, just mail on the shelves at Costco, just mail on the shelves at the dollar store. I will tell you, there may not be very many nice grocery stores in my neighborhood, but there is a 99 cent market or a 99 cent store or a dollar discount or a discount 98 cent plus store on virtually every single corner. And I can walk to 10 of them before I can walk to uh, Trader Joe's or a grocery store like uh, Pavilion, the Bonds, that has nice organic selection of, of groceries. So there's that. So I, I applaud places like Hampton Creek Foods that are that are out there um, trying to get it to all economic levels of people so they can have this wonderful food, this egg-free, cholesterol-free, better for humanity. So I'm really, I'm really excited to see that, that that is the angle that they're taking. But it really can be so much cheaper to eat vegan than it is to eat meat and dairy and all the other gross things that come along with that. Um, peanut butter and jelly sandwich is way cheaper than a turkey and cheese sandwich to make your kids for lunch. A, you know, but simple things like that. And if, if, if we can just share the cost saving, yeah, it can get expensive if all you're buying is, you know, pre-made tofurkey and, and, you know, tofuti, sour cream and cream cheese and 
so delicious ice cream, sure, those are fun and they're convenient and they're, you know, special treats for for some, but they're also part of the regular grocery shopping for others. But if you're having a hard time being able to afford food, you can eat vegan way cheaper. Rice and beans is probably the cheapest thing you can make and that's a complete meal. You've got protein, starches, everything you need in a in a you know, bowl of rice and beans or rice and vegetables or you know <laughs> excuse me. So I I think we get a bad rap for being elitist. I think sometimes we promote that ourselves just by simply posting pictures of our, our food made with all these fun and exciting ingredients all the time makes it seem unattainable for the everyday family, especially those that aren't as well off as others. Um, but we need to prove that this cruelty-free way of eating is really cruelty-free for everyone. It's healthier, it's better for you, and it's cheaper if you know how to do the shopping. Um, I'm going to put some links up on the show notes just for some links to some, you know, resources for people to get cheap vegan food. Um, there's vegan cookbooks about eating vegan on a budget, eating vegan cheap. There's blogs about it. Um, so I'm going to put some links up with some resources on how to uh, eat cheaply um, on a budget for cheap, cheaper than, and it's just a comparison chart, as well as I'll throw up some links on growing some of your own food. Now, I'm not talking about spending all day in a garden. I'm talking about just growing some lettuce or just growing some herbs um, to get your kids connected with their food and, and understanding how important it is to eat fresh vegetables, where their food comes from, what food really is, and that it doesn't come in a package, you know, with bright orange cheesy sauce all over it, you know, that there's real food, that there's fresh food, and that it can be cheap, and that it can be affordable, and that it can be healthy and good for you. It's so important for our kids to understand this. I mean, they're obviously not getting good food in schools. It's it's gross. I mean, we've all seen it on TV, pink slime and all the other gross things and the weird rules that they have for what counts as a vegetable at school and what they're feeding our children. So it's important that we teach our children at home or we help teach our children at home in our neighborhoods, in our schools, if we can get to them, um, about the importance of fresh vegetables, about the importance of a plant-based diet, a vegan diet, a cruelty-free way of eating, um, an affordable way of eating, and how this diet can make their lives better. Um, for a multitude of reasons, from from the pocketbook to the health aspects, just to the uh, to the way it soothes your soul to know that you're not harming anyone with the with the way you're eating. So I'm putting out the challenge to all of you who are probably better off than some other people you know. So let's take I'm putting the challenge out to those of you who have a few dollars to spare, or you know that you don't hurt for every week. You know that you can you can put whatever you want in your grocery cart and without, you know, hurting hurting your bottom line. If you know who you are. You know if you're comfortable, you know. Spread the word to those who are not as comfortable as you are. Teach them how to shop cheaply. Teach them how to shop for vegan foods and show them how it's more affordable, more healthy better for them, better for their pocketbook, and better for the planet to eat plants instead of animals. There are cultural, there are cultural um, guards up that, you know, that you'll have to break down and that you'll have to work with and you'll have to understand. But living as an example and sharing your knowledge go hand in hand. So share your knowledge, don't be preachy, just, you know, share your food, share your knowledge, share your understanding, and help others learn what you already know, especially in a world where this is not being taught to our children, and this is not even being taught to our mothers, and our, and our young mothers that are now tasked with raising a child healthfully, 
they're not getting nutrition education. Um, they're told that milk is the way to go and that that's the way they should feed their babies. And then moving on to form, form, you know, milk, formulas and milks and, and make sure your kids get lots of milk via calcium and blah, 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 blah. We need to teach our, our young mothers and everyone, we need to teach everyone about nutrition and understanding. Um, like I said, I'll put some links up with some more in-depth information. But please, like I said, I'm putting the challenge out there to you. Please share your knowledge. Please show people how inexpensive it can be. Maybe when you're posting your food porn to Instagram, start showing how affordable it can be too. Start showing how not only yummy, but affordable vegan meals can be. If you know how much you spend on something, if you find a really good deal on some, you know, produce or share, sharing, sharing via social media where you can get really good deals on good food everywhere. You know, I'm in California, but maybe you're in Minnesota and you saw a really good deal on kale at the local Kroger's. Please post it so people know that they can get it for, you know, 29 cents or whatever, a, bu a bundle. Share cheap vegan food so people don't think it's always so expensive. So people don't think that we are an elitist group of, you know, upper middle class, richy rich kids that, um, think it's a fad or think it's cool to be vegan. Let's let's share that it's a it's a sustainable way of life for people of all economic levels. That is my challenge to you. Thanks. So I thought I'd talk a little bit about my trip to Portland. I did make a uh, a trip to Portland to do a book signing and make some tacos for the fine folks that uh, came out to visit more clothing in Portland in the Vegan Mini Mall, which also is home to Moonlight Grocery and Scapegoat uh, Tattoo and Sweetie Bakery. Um, all four of those stores are vegan businesses, which is pretty darn neato. Um, and it was great. I had an epic journey from home to uh, Portland because the weather was absolutely horrible. Um, what normally a stretch of road that normally takes about hour and a half to two hours to travel. It took me about six hours to travel with chains in the snow and as a uh, native born and raised Southern California gal that was quite the experience. But I'm glad I went through it because once I got there I was in Portland which is where my sister lives and I do consider it my second home because every time I go there I get to catch up with friends enjoy uh, wonderful meals in E-Town, which I consider to be one of the most vegan-friendly towns I've ever been in. Um, and not only is it vegan-friendly, meaning, like, I mean, you can go to L.A. and there's a hundred vegan restaurants, but in Portland, everywhere you go, you have vegan options. Almost everywhere you go, you have vegan options. And they're not so spread out like they are in L.A. It might take me an hour to get from one vegan restaurant to another in L.A. or Orange County, where in Portland I can walk from one to the other within 15 minutes, so that's pretty neat. Um, so I do always enjoy my time there. Some funny things came up this year. Um, while I was up there, I try to get there about once or twice a year, and something I would have never thought to be true, um, and because I hear it so often, oh, you vegans are so judgmental, you vegans are holier than thou, you vegans are are, you know, uh, assholes, basically. Um, and in my life, and maybe it's because I do live in a bubble that is, that is surround, I surround myself with positive people, I've never run into a vegan asshole. And maybe also because I'm vegan, I've never run into a vegan asshole that has, you know, condemned my, condemned my eating habits. Um, I do make mistakes as, as do all people in the world where you accidentally buy a medication or a, or a, a you know, a cookie or, a, or something you thought was vegan and it ends up being not vegan. We all make those mistakes because we all know being vegan isn't about being perfect. So it was interesting to me to see 
that some of the people I love so dearly and some of the people that I care about so dearly up in Portland are having a hard time keeping their vegan uh, lifestyle because they feel so judged by other vegans in the community. People that get mad at them because, um, for one reason or the other, people that judge them, people that are angry towards them, and people that are not compassionate towards them. And this is coming from within the community. A lot of times, um, I thought it might have been stemming from, you know, the, the, the plant-based lifestyle versus the ethical vegan lifestyle, but that's not the case at all. These are ethical vegans attacking other ethical vegans because they're not vegan enough. Um, and that's a tough, tough pill for me to swallow. Um, I think if, you know, just one person eats one less meal filled with suffering per week, that's more than they were doing before. So that is a step in the right direction. No one deserves to be judged that way. And I've never felt that I have been a judgmental vegan, even though I've been accused of that both on my website and in person. Um, I, I, I tend to be probably the least judgmental person you'll ever you'll ever find. But this really hurts my, my core. This hurts my core that there are vegans, so-called ethical vegans, attacking other so-called ethical vegans because they're not vegan enough. And, and that's tough. That is really tough because maybe they didn't know where the sugar came from in an ingredient um, that was listed on on a, on a package of cookies that had no other no other sugar uh, or no other animal products in it, or you know something as simple as going to a restaurant that served meat and ordering the vegan options. Um, these people are basically telling those vegans that they are akin to a non-vegan or a worse because they're condoning the, uh, the act of um, suffering. Um, I'm here to tell you that we need to all be on the same page. We should not be judging each other from within. We need to fight the bigger fight. We need to, we need to understand that being vegan isn't about being perfect because it, it, just, it just goes too far. You cannot, you cannot be perfect from, you know, I watched a documentary the other day called No More Honey, or More Than Honey, I'm sorry, about bees. And I got news for you vegans, all you so-called ethical vegans out there. Every single, pretty much every single plant that you eat comes from uh, pollen and it's been pollinated by bees. And there are beekeepers out there that are constantly killing bees, basically, not on purpose, killing bees and the transport of bees to different farms. And as I was driving from Southern California to Northern California, I saw them, I saw these trucks just full of beehives. And that's, that's torture for those bees. Those bees do not want to, to be transported like that. Many of them are killed. Many of them, you know, get lost from their colonies. Many of their colonies collapse in transport. And it's very, very sad. So unless you're growing your own food in some way that you're hand pollinating every single every single plant and flower, guess what? Your almonds, your almonds get get pollinated by bees most likely bees that are transported on a truck that are taken to a farm. <coughs> and so my point is, in sharing that story, is no, I'm not giving up almonds because of the bees that get killed on the way to the bee, to the almond farm. My point is, is that it's impossible to be perfect. It is impossible to be 100% vegan, no matter how you, how hard you try. And I will quote people like Erin Red. She says, you know, being vegan is not about being perfect. Being vegan is about doing the best you can. Um, you know, there are other people you can quote. Uh, Colleen Patrick Goudreau, who talks about how when you, before you were vegan, you are not. And you need to do the best that you can to uh, share compassion, a compassionate lifestyle with others around you. Now, if you ask me, in order to share a compassionate lifestyle with others around you, the very last person you should be going after is another vegan, another person who's trying to do their best to reduce the suffering in their breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and all the snacks in between by not purchasing any meat, dairy, cheese, or other animal products to the best of their knowledge. They're saving so many lives and so many animals, and by living a life that is not militant and not angry, they are not 
putting out a bad example of a judgmental vegan. There needs to be more people out there spreading love and spreading joy and living by example in order to promote the idea that veganism is a livable lifestyle, it is a non-judgmental lifestyle, it is not a lifestyle of um, deprivation, rather it is, I'm not going to say easy because for many people being vegan is not easy, not in the beginning anyway, but it is a, a lifestyle that can be fulfilling and wonderful and non-deprivating and abundant and full of life and we need not judge each other especially. news. So in today's breaking news, I'm not going to be talking about anything uh, specifically vegan related. Um, I am instead going to take a moment to share my thoughts on what's been going on across the country with regards to the uh, lack of indictment um, on the Michael Brown case, the uh, Garner case, and Tamir Rice case. There's a few others as well. Um, basically, um, I'm a white girl. Um, I don't know what it's like to be black, uh, but I do like to think of myself as an ally, and I do believe that black lives matter, and I am sickened that these police officers are not being brought to trial. Sure, I don't know all the facts, whatever, but by not bringing an indictment up on these police officers, what that tells the community is that it doesn't matter. And that's why I believe in the uh, Black Lives Matter campaign. And um, I do believe that Black Lives Matter. And I'm not going to be the one changing that hashtag to All Lives Matter. I'm not going to be the white girl that's trying to make this about me. I know that it's not about me, and my job is to be a good ally and to spread proper information when I'm hearing misinformation being spread. It is my job to help people understand the difference between property damage and violence. Um, it's my job to help people understand the wrongs that have been done in these particular instances, as well as the systematic problems and the policy problems and the routine problems that are faced by uh, the black community on a daily basis in this country. It is my opinion that there is a lot of work to be done. It is my opinion that we need to stand up for what is right. It is my opinion that we should support the protests. We should support the message that is being sent by people in the black community right now. There are a lot of racist things going on in this country. There are a lot of racist things that people don't realize are racist because they are persons of privilege and persons of privilege not only don't like to acknowledge that they are persons of privilege but persons of privilege don't like to also understand that a lot of things are racist even though they're not meant to be a lot of people like the authors of the book thug kitchen probably didn't mean to be racist when they did that but that doesn't mean that it's not racist there are a lot of problems out there right now and a lot of it needs to be looked at from the inside. It needs to be looked at from the white side. We're doing a lot of things that are unintentionally racist, but that does not mean they are not racist. There's a lot of racism in this country, and it feels like to me in my lifetime that we have sta taken steps backwards, not forwards, and things need to change. So do what you can to be a good ally. Do what you can to be a good person, do what you can to find out what it is that the communities around you need in order to show your support. And don't be the douchebag that changes the hashtag to All Lives Matter. And don't be the douchebag that wants to hold a sign in a protest and moves to the front of the line. Don't be that person. Be a good ally. Do what you can to show support. Do what you can to share good information. Do what you can to squash misinformation and do what you can to make this country a better place. Vegan Road Rant! Next up 
is an interview with someone that I hold very near and dear to my heart. She is an amazing and talented person. She is a fashion designer. She is an entrepreneur. She is a self-made woman, an amazing mother, and an amazing friend. Sit back and enjoy some conversation with me and my sister. <laughs> so I'm here in the car with my sister, Kristen. Hello! <laughs> I've known Kristen for 35 years. I've known... Yeah, I'm 35. I've only... I was going to say, nah, only 34, <laughs> but no, I'm 35. I've only known, like, two other people longer than that, and that I think they're four. Actually, I wasn't born until you were three, so you've known me for 32 years. I was... No. You I was 30... Three. I'm 38, though. But you were So I've known you for 35 years. Oh, gotcha. Yes. yes. You're right. <laughs> Obviously, math is not my strong suit. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. So, here we are, riding in my car. I would like to ask you one simple question. Yes. Are you vegan? No. Have you ever considered being vegan? Yes. What is the first thing you think of in your head when you think of vegan? Loving. That's the very first word that comes to your head? Yes. Explain yourself. The vegan people love animals so much that they don't want to eat them. So loving is the very first adjective that comes to your mind. Yes. That's nice. I'm glad to hear that. Most people, when you ask them what the first thing that comes to their head is, is a judgmental. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I I have two sisters that are vegan and a cousin and a cousin-in-law that are vegan. Would you say and any of, of them, us are judgmental? None of them judge me for not being vegan. And you guys are my favorite people to hang out with, so... So why aren't you vegan? I don't know, because <laughs> I, I just... I like to eat meat, I guess. I know you... I know you tried it. I tried giving up meat, and I all I did was load up on motherfucking carbohydrates, and then I just felt bloated and gross all the time. So, and I don't, so I decided to just go back to meat because it was protein and not carbs. I obviously didn't do it the right way, <laughs> and that doesn't mean I'm never going to do it again. I just, it has to be the right time for me, I guess. Gotcha. But I was reading this one book called Conversations with God, and um, it was talking about, I'm totally going to not quote this the right way, but <laughs> I'm giving the general summary of, of what I thought we'll about it. We'll look it up later and add it to the show notes so we can okay. have the exact quote. <laughs> But it was talking about how um, we should never kill anything as, you know, being living creatures. We shouldn't ever destroy any life. And it really got me thinking, like, I think God wants us to not eat meat. We shouldn't have to kill to eat. Kill another life to eat. That's, I believe, and don't quote me on this because I could be quoting this wrong as well. I believe that's what the Seventh-day Adventists believe because I don't think they eat meat as a religious practice. They don't eat meat. They are vegetarians. Well, there's a lot of religions that don't eat meat. Like, Buddhists don't eat meat. Not all of them. Right? Only some of them? Only some of them. Um, well, I guess, never mind. I'm but we can thank Hindus. the Buddhist monks for all the delicious mock meats that come out of Asia. They're super fantastic. See, that's the thing that when I was trying to be vegetarian, I don't like mock meat. If I'm going to eat protein, I want it to be something natural from the earth, like beans or soybeans. And so I was just loading up on fucking beans, and I was that's probably why I felt bloated all the time. I was just like tooting it up all the time 
then I'd be like in my store tooting and be like, oh crap, what if a customer walks in right now, it's going to smell like a toot. So I was constantly lighting incense because I had toots all day. <laughs> I think your body just needs to adjust to that. There's a, a great book about beans uh-huh. um, by a woman by the name of Kathy Hester. She's a vegan cookbook author, mm-hmm. and she wrote The Great Vegan Bean Book. And it's a whole book about beans, how you can make desserts with beans, you can make drinks with beans, you can make brownies with beans, you can make beans, bean salads, and a whole bunch of stuff with beans. But in the beginning, there's a whole chapter um, just talking about beans and how to cook them and how to do, you know, soak them and different kinds of beans but there's even a section on uh, proper <laughs> properly eating uh, beans to avoid digestive issues mm-hmm. it's like different kinds of ways to eat other foods with your beans so that that doesn't happen gotcha but I, I you know correct me if I'm wrong out there in the, the world but uh, I'm pretty sure being vegan means being gassy Pretty gassy. <laughs> so add that to the mix, and I'll, oh my god, I'll be a walking fart. <laughs> Watch out, world! I'll blow you away. <laughs> um, it's funny that you mentioned protein because that's often like, like since Dan went vegetarian, mm-hmm. it's really funny because you know we've been together forever, and he only within the last couple of years has decided he wanted to be vegetarian. And it's so funny when we go out to eat or when we're in groups of people, it's him that gets all the questions. So, where do you get your protein? What do you eat for protein? Where do you get your protein? Um, everything has protein in it. You don't have to eat beans to get your protein. You can eat kale has protein. Broccoli has protein. Lettuce has protein. I mean, everything. Almost everything you eat has some such, kind of protein in it. In, in kale and broccoli and stuff like that, it's pretty small amounts. But if you're eating a big salad every day or you're eating nuts, nuts are another oh, good yeah. source of protein. I was eating a lot of nuts, too. Um, tofu. Uh, uh, I like tofu. Tempeh. Seitan. And, okay, so here's where I was struggling, too. Like, I, and I'm not gluten-free anymore, either. I'm nothing free. I just eat whatever the fuck I want, whenever <laughs> the fuck I want it at this point uh-huh. right now. Which is not the healthiest. I can't even. I can't even fit into my jeans anymore. <laughs> Any of them. It's horrible. So I wear dresses all the time. Anyways, uh, knit is our friend. Yes, leggings are my new staple. Um, but uh, the the mock meat. I like that term that you used. Is wheat. It's straight up wheat. Some of it. Well, all the stuff that I was trying. And so then I was having that. I was like, I'm just, I might as well just eat a loaf of bread for dinner. (laughs) Well, the difference is, is like seitan for, in gen, in, you know, is made of wheat, but all the starch is removed. So it's only the protein portion of wheat, which is the gluten. So it's just straight straight up up gluten. gluten. Yes. Like, when I was gluten free, I dropped weight, I felt good, I didn't, like, I didn't get migraines anymore, I don't know what I started eating again, you know, it's so hard to stick with a routine, I don't know how you do it, like, it's hard for me to commit to something for life. I think, for me personally, because it was more than anything, an ethical decision for me, it was, it's easier to stick to than, um, people who do it as a diet. Right. I think I was maybe doing it for health reasons rather than the compassion part. I mean, like I said before, maybe it's just not the time for me. I haven't experienced what you've experienced. That's... You haven't had your aha moment? Right. Maybe it'll happen. That puppy will give you an aha moment. Maybe it'll happen in 10 years. Maybe it'll happen in my next life. Maybe it won't happen in my next, next life. I, who knows? I don't know. But you're open to vegan foods, yes? Yeah. You like going to vegan restaurants? Yeah, I love Veggie Grill. 
What's your favorite thing at Veggie Grill? The, I think it's called the American Stack or something. The American Stack? Is it like a burger? Yeah. They use good pickles. They use good pickles? It has like nothing to do with being <laughs> vegan, but they have damn good pickles. Pickles are vegan? I know, but like you can get a pickle on a burger anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. We are behind the ice cream man again. I don't know how that happened. I mean, I guess it's... If you're walking around fearful that somebody's going to mug you or rape you, then you're just going to attract that. Yeah, I agree. If you walk around confident, like, I rule this city. <laughs> it's a, Ain't uh, nobody going to get me. We're but. conflicted about moving here for... Um, well, two reasons. One, it's an affordable place still to move, you know. You can get a house for under $300,000. Yes, it's pretty sketchy over here. But at the same time, it's a it's a historic home. It's in a neighborhood that is a historic district where, you know, they're getting, um, they're on the registry, the, you know, the tax registry as, as the, you know, as a historic neighborhood. So they can never tear those houses down because they're now registered. Which is always a good thing, you know. But at the same time, it is a um, this whole area over here is is similar to right outside of downtown LA, or similar to right outside of any major right. metropolitan area, where it's where poor people live. It's where p- poor people can afford to live, right? Right. And I mean, I don't really consider myself poor, but. To be honest, that's the only place I can afford to buy a house, right? Right. So let's say I go buy a house there. And now the property values go up a little every time somebody buys a house, right? The idea that people like me are moving into neighborhoods like that is the whole idea behind gentrification. And am I displacing someone else who deserves that spot more? No. Am I? Why would you be... That doesn't exist. It does exist. That's competition. Mm. Like, there's not enough room for everyone. You're If you move in there, you're going to be cheating someone else. No. There is an abundance of places for people to live. There is an abundance of places of people to live. However, they're not all very affordable. So my point being, let's take where I work, for instance. I work in Laguna Beach. I cannot afford to live in Laguna Beach, not based on what I get paid to work in Laguna Beach, right? Mm-hmm. That seems wrong, doesn't it? Doesn't it seem like you should be able to work within a reasonable driving distance of where you live? Yes. Doesn't it seem like everybody should have that same opportunity? Does it seem like every city should have a place that's affordable to live? Should. At least a portion of it? Yes. Right now, that is the affordable portion to... to in proximity to downtown Long Beach, right? So me, who has the opportunities to work. You're going the wrong way. Oh, good, very good, (laughs) thank you. Um, I have the opportunity to work in many different places and live in many different places. It's not hard for me to get a job if I want to get a job Um, versus maybe someone who doesn't have the same you know, opportunities that I have and is forced to work a job that is maybe not a fun job to have. Everyone has the same exact opportunity in life. No. They just don't know it. They don't. That's the only difference. They don't have the same opportunities. They do. I really don't think that everybody has the same opportunities. I, I think that we are extremely privileged in the way that we were brought up and where we were live and how lucky we were to be born where we were born in this country with um, a middle class upbringing. That's very fortunate. So many people don't have that opportunity. Right. I mean, there's people that are born in like third world countries or people that are born in countries that still exist in tribes and they don't even wear clothing you know there are so many different types of cultures out there but that doesn't that doesn't mean there has to
to be those limits. That just means there are. Because we, as the people born into these lives, whatever the life may be, believe that our culture is limits us to what we can be in this life. I think that but if, the fact that we tell ourselves that we can do whatever we want to do, that's bullshit. I no, can do whatever not. I want to do, but, you know... It's not bullshit. It is bullshit. If you want to do it, you have the freedom to do it. It's just what holds people back is the fear of judgment of what their cultural peers may say about them for doing it. Okay, I don't... And the, well, I do and agree the, that that exists. That does exist. There is judgment and there's fear of judgment. There's also actual obstacles to overcome that not everybody can overcome. Right. <coughs> if you are... But if you search... If you are born in this country and you are born a brown person, whether you're Mexican or Indian or black, and you are born a brown person and you have parents that don't have a lot of money, so you live in a crappy neighborhood mm-hmm. and you go to a crappy school that teachers don't want to come to that are underfunded or worse yet, they just closed down the school in that neighborhood because the test scores aren't good. And now you have to take a bus every day to go to a school because they bus you into another school because they say, oh, that's a better school. So they bus you to another mm-hmm. school, right? So now you're eight years old. And you're going to whatever grade you are when you're 8th, 3rd grade, whatever, 2nd grade. And you're going to school with kids that don't live in your neighborhood. So after school, you have to take a bus another two hours home by the time they get you home. To leave early and you get home late, your, your friends can't come over because they don't even live in the same neighborhood as you. Okay? Your parents work all day, all night. You're lucky if you come home to a mother and father and... You are not getting the same education that that you and I got. You're just not. Well, You're not getting the same opportunities handed to you that we got handed to us. Right. That certain people are handed certain things and certain people are handed other things. Certain people are handed nothing. But that still does not diminish any type of, of possibility that could happen. Possibility for every single person on this earth is infinite and endless it just has to be recognized believed in and and manifested if if it really wants to be hmm. but we we have all been brainwashed by our own cultures that we think we have to live this certain way, when really, we, we don't have to live that way at all. Well, of course, we don't have to live any way we don't want to live. That, that, that's, that's a given. I, I, I agree with that 100%. We, we can live however we want to live. But it's not, it's not as easy as just saying it. I mean, you do you know? hear of a lot of stories of people that, you know, grew up with nothing, grew up in the ghetto or whatever, and they, and they really made something out of lives you hear those stories a lot too but you hear more of of the not so positive ones um i think my point is when it comes to like i mean we started talking about this because i was talking about how i'm conflicted about moving into a a neighborhood my friend uh jennifer and i went to watch a burlesque show in downtown santa Ana in um what's traditionally known as an extremely Mexican area, which is, um, I mean, the neighborhood's called Fiesta Neighborhood. It's a downtown Santa Ana, um, and there's a whole strip um, called, like, the Fiesta Quarter or something like that. I I don't remember exactly what it's called, but, like, there's quinceanera shops and tamale carts and Mexican restaurants, and you just walk up and down the street, and it's just Mexican stuff everywhere. This is a very uh-huh. Mexican neighborhood. It, it, it has been a Mexican neighborhood since the 60s. It's just been very, very Mexican. Um, but it's cool old buildings. It's a downtown area. So people started hippifying it, you know? Uh-huh. Oh, we're going to turn this into a hip bar down in the middle of, you know, this Mexican area, right? And that 
caught on. And so then they started building condos above storefronts. The condos are a million dollars. Oh, my God. They're a million dollars. Who can afford that? Yes. Who can afford to live in a million-dollar condo in what's traditionally a Uh low-income neighborhood? What effectively happens now is this place that belonged to these people, this was their cultural area that they go to every day, they work, they support each other, they have their own stores and their own businesses. Now all of a sudden, here comes white man saying, oh, I like these buildings and I want to make my cool hip bar and my cool hip condos. And now there's seven hip bars over there and underground art society and they have this like tattoo shops and, and that now it's so cool. It's so cool to hang out in in Santa Ana. But this is a place where a culture is being squashed. That is not our space. Well, that's what... That's why that that whole ideology exists. Because you think you can't move to a certain area because one culture dominates No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm really willing to live in a diverse culture. You've seen apartments I've lived in in the past. I live in diverse areas. No, you're not. No, no, no. This neighborhood no, this neighborhood is being squashed. The culture is being squashed. The quinceanera shops are closing so that the hip new gastro pub can open up. And you know. But they're not. Do you think the gastro pub is buying out the whatever you just said? The carniceria? Yes. They're buying them out. You don't think the carniceria is just going out of business naturally? No. Well, Maybe the carniceria never owned the building in the first place and they were renting it. And their lease came up and this other com- business wanted to come in. So they pushed the carniceria out for this new hip club to open up in the same building. Most most businesses don't own the building that they're in. No. You get what I'm saying? I don't know if that's happening. You don't know for sure. If no, that's I don't happening. know for You're sure. You're just that's assuming happening. that that's what's happening. Fair hey, enough. Isn't that where Zephyr was? Yeah. No, it it's called Ahisma. Do you understand what I'm? Do, does that make sense to you? It does make sense to me, but does it seem? What's wrong do you understand? with everyone mixing up? Nothing. Nothing is wrong with people being um being how do you intermingled? Know? How do you? Nothing know is wrong with that. That the people that already live there aren't happy about their neighborhood picking up. Aren't, aren't happy about the fact that they can't afford to live there anymore and they're getting pushed out into even less desirable neighborhoods? Well, the new stuff that they're building is costing so much, but the stuff that's already there is going to cost more too. That's how it works. Once they put in a million dollar condo, you think that the old building next door to the million dollar condos is still going to be 200 No, no, it's going to be like dollars. 200 thousand oh <laughs> <laughs> like christ i'm moving there you know what i mean though so i'm conflicted do i love this area over here i absolutely love it it's historic homes the city has put money into keeping it historic and keeping it that way the neighborhood itself people are buying the houses and restoring them to their original glory and i think that that is a a a very important thing to do with historic homes and actually keep them historic right you know but i am conflicted i don't want to be a part of the problem i want to be a part of the solution you're not going to be a part of the problem you know what sometimes you're just too damn compassionate you have to be (laughs) compassionate for yourself first and foremost because you are a part of this whole functioning organism of humans that live on the planet earth we are all one gigantic organism and we are each a functioning cell of the gigantic organism so if you're constantly putting others before yourself then you're not functioning as a healthy organism in the big picture of things so first and foremost be compassionate for yourself and then the other people and the other animals so I should put myself first. Yes. Hmm. And it's not snooty, and it's not <laughs> wrong. 
I'm serious. I have problems with putting myself before others. That doesn't mean you have to squash everyone else and be an asshole to people. <laughs> you can still love everyone and be compassionate towards them, but also remember to do that for you as well. Yes. So if there's a home that you love and if you want to go for it and buy it, go for it and buy it. Don't worry about your your cheating somebody else out. If it was meant to be for you guys to live there, you will get the house. If it wasn't meant to be, if it was meant to be for another family to live there, it will happen for them. Things don't happen unless they're meant to happen. Mm. Even bad things. True. Or what we label as bad. Correct. You know? Vegan So I know everybody's already heard about it, but Earth Balance now makes a boxed mac and cheese. Comes in a box, just like the stuff from Kraft. It's got the tiny little noodles that are straight and comes with a little packet of cheese powder. Um, this is groundbreaking for my household. So my husband is vegetarian. He is not yet vegan, but for the most part, we keep a vegan household. There's nothing in the house that's not vegan, except for maybe some Parmesan cheese in the fridge that he keeps on hand, and maybe some uh, like shredded cheese that he keeps on hand for things. But one of his favorite things in the whole wide world is macaroni and cheese out of a box. And so when the Earth Balance one came out, I was so super excited that he could now get macaroni and cheese in a box that was vegan and he didn't have to buy stupid craft mac and cheese anymore. I was very excited. So I eagerly bought like 25 boxes of the stuff and I brought it home. Um, I bought a bunch of the cheddar and a bunch of the white cheddar. Um, on first try, we made it exactly as the box said. And I found that it was like a little bit watery and a little bit sweet. So the next time I made it, and I found that the same way on both of them, but right off the bat, right out of the box, I enjoyed the white cheddar better than the regular. So the next time I made it, since I remembered it was too watery, I just didn't add the extra milk like it called for and I just used the added butter. That was better, the texture was better, it wasn't as watery, and it wasn't as sweet. So now I'm thinking the reason it tasted kind of sweet was because I was using regular original almond milk, not uh, unsweetened. So maybe that added to the sweetness. But this time I just made it without the added liquid and just used the Earth Balance uh, butter. Way better. Dan thinks it's okay, it's an acceptable substitute, um, but it wasn't like, his favorite. Next time I made it, I made two boxes at the same time. One white cheddar and one regular. That, my friends, is the key to making a perfect batch of Earth Balance boxed macaroni and cheese. One box of the white cheddar, one box of the original flavor, no added milk, only butter, and it's perfect. It is absolutely perfect. I only have one complaint about Earth Balance mac and cheese, and that is that the quantity is very small. It is like says that it's like four servings or whatever it says on the side of the box. But I can I can tell you that is one box per person if you're eating that as your meal. Um, otherwise, if you're adding veggies or whatever, then fine, you can split it up. But if you're like me and if you eat boxed macaroni and cheese, that you're making that because <laughs> you're being lazy and that's gonna be your dinner. That's not a side dish. That's not going next to something else that you're making from scratch. Come on, it's a box of macaroni and cheese. The only reason you bought it is because you're being lazy and you wanted something convenient. So when I make it, that's my dinner right? or my lunch. I just make that and I eat, pour it in a bowl. So I thought I would share my opinions. I've already heard like every other podcast or every other blogger and every other person on Facebook and Instagram post their pictures about Earth Balance mac and cheese, but I thought I would share my two cents. And that is, remember, one box of regular, one box of white cheddar mixed together, no added milk just the added butter. Enjoy! 
You've been listening to Vegan Road Rants with Joni Marie Newman. To find out more about me and veganism, head on over to my website, justthefood.com. Click on the podcast tab to find show notes and links to all the stories we talked about in today's episode. You can follow me on Twitter at Joni Marie Newman. Like me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Joni Cooks Vegan. Extra special thanks to Mr. Michael Samino for providing the amazing theme song and sound bites for this podcast, as well as to Scott McClymans for providing the amazing artwork. Remember, it is never okay to murder or torture another living being just for a tasty supper.